Yeah, so moms, we just want to... We just want to say to all those with a mothering heart, moms in waiting, moms in hoping, moms in longing, however you mother, we just want to say to you right out of the gate that you bear in you the image of God and God's deep heart. And we're in this series where we're looking at grace. How do we unpack grace? How do we explain, as the scriptures say, the grace upon grace? Or when the apostle Paul says, by the grace of God, I am who I am, and his grace is not without effect. How do we explain that? We've, we've come up with this phrase that we've stolen from a musician, Vance Joy. Your mess is mine is what God says from heaven. Your mess is mine. And what Jesus said at the cross, he cried out, your mess is mine. And by way of the empty grave, your mess is won. And one day he'll return as king and he'll say, your mess is gone. And we wanna say to you moms, however you mom, we wanna say to you, no one does that better than you. No one cries out, your mess is mine. That's right, clap worthy. Now... Wouldn't it be true, like some of us, or uh, not us, some of you moms are going, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I say that way too much, way too often, to way too many people, little and tall, right? Did you bear that kind of your mess is mine? And we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Also wanna say this, that here we are on a really fun day, important day, but also a messy day for many that many of us walk into this room, or we're at Speedway, or we're in the South Sanctuary, or we're online community, and the truth is this is a hard day because we walk in with loss. We walk in with pain. We walk in with longing and with hurt. And so here we are in the both hand. We wanna celebrate moms and your mothering heart, and we also wanna acknowledge and name that not all of us feel like we're in a place where we wanna celebrate today. And so we just wanna say, wherever you are, thank you for being here. And let's just live into the both and journey of what we're celebrating today from the scriptures. Does that sound good? We can all, wherever we are, we can find ourselves okay right here. Fair? And to that end, uh, let's just pray. Let's just pray. So Father, we ask your deep heart to fall upon us. We ask for the peace of heaven to unfold and cascade over us. And we ask for your grace upon grace, just to wrap us wherever we are. And take us, oh God, in your deep heart, where you wanna lead us today. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, you could call it a mother's tuition Becky Johns and her husband Steve, longtime Westsiders, they were with family. They were getting ready for a trip out to um, South Carolina. They had just been with their son Chase. They were driving away. They got down the road, down the highway, when Becky just said, you know, I think there's something more. I think there's something more in, in Chase, their 20-something-year-old son. I think we should go back. There's something stirring there. And they literally, Steve's like, all right, trusting a mom's tuition, let's go back. And so they drove back, they knocked on his apartment door. They're like, hi again. It's like the parents that won't go away, you know, kind of thing, like <laughs> thought I got rid of them. And, um, and her, her mothering instinct was exactly right. There was something stirring 
in Jace. And he actually was in a place where he's a pretty um, reserved guy, but he opened up and said, here's what's going on in my life, and I want God in it. Now, he had given his life to Jesus years before as, as a young, young kid, but now he's at this moment where he's like, I want to take a, another step, and I'm feeling like God wants me to get baptized. Now, it's Tuesday night in the middle of cold April. It's 43 degrees outside. It's 1030 at night, and Steve and Becky say to their son, Jace, awesome, let's go. Now all they have to do is find water. And you know where they went? This is so cool. The pond, right out there on the, uh, on the Lenexa campus, right? Right, right out there, 10.30 at night, they pull their, their car, flash the, the head beams over the lake, and Becky's holding the, the camera, and Steve and Jace go into the waters. We have some pictures for you. Um, Steve lays his son down into the water. Uh, we're trying to bring it up. There it is. There it is. Is that not amazing? Such a moment. I mean, seriously, this is so cool. This is like so New Testament. It's like somebody wants to move out and there's no like form you have to fill out, right? There's no, I was gonna say there's no guy in a red shirt because our deacons wear red shirts, but Steve is actually wearing a red shirt in that space. It's perfect. There's no liability waivers. They just found water and they went out and they flashed their head beams and, 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 and then all of heaven rejoiced and celebrated. So very cool. In the words of Paul, that would be boastworthy right there. And it's one of those moments for a parent and for a mom where you're like, I live for that. All the work has led up to one of those moments. I know it's not finished. I know it's not done and all of that stuff, but I'm just going to celebrate that moment. And we also know there's a lot of moments in between moments like that as for moms and as parents and with those that we love. There's a lot of, Paul would describe it, as hardships, as sufferings as a mom, as carrying the mess of others. And I wanna look at a passage today. We've kind of been loosely walking through the story of the Apostle Paul and how he has fallen in love with this dynamic force of grace and how he has learned to live and receive grace. And there's this moment, I want you to grab your old school Bibles, your Westside app, Wherever you can find this and read along, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and Paul, for the first like six verses, he's kind of like, well, if somebody's got to boast, I'll boast, and he talks about some really cool experiences that he had, and then verse 7, he says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And we don't know, did he have a physical condition? Did he have some form of ailment? Nobody's quite sure. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I looked at this passage and I thought, ha, huh, I, I, I think this passage definitely applies to us all. But through a mom's eyes, it gets kind of interesting. 
Now, I'm not a mom. You might, you might have noticed that. And there is a, 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 there's an awkwardness of speaking to moms on Mother's Day when you are not a mom. And uh, I just want you to know, I recognize that. And so, moms, this is not me telling you all the things you should know and do as a mom. Fair? Okay, so here's what I've done. I've gone and found some SMEs, some subject matter experts who are moms. And uh, I went out to the Speedway campus. Hello, Speedway. And I went to the Moms Together group. And I asked if I could crash their party, their meeting on, on, I think it was a Monday morning, Tuesday morning. And um, they were gracious enough to let me do it. And there they are. It was really funny. I walked in and they were having breakfast and I just sat down. You can see my blue coat right there uh, in one of the empty seats. And I sat down. I got some interesting stares. I mean, I was the only guy in there. But then I figured out why later because um, the leader of the group got up and said, hey, we have a special guest. His name is Dan. But first, our topic today at at large is we're going to be talking about sex is what they said. (laughs) Then I understood the really awkward stares. And I was quick to, um, to, uh, to do my thing and then, and then um, exit, side door. Um, no more comments there, but I will say that, I, uh, that we did this little 15-minute brainstorm. When I say the words, your mess is mine, moms, what do you think? And let's read this passage together, and you tell me what this says to you as a mom. And they offered four really cool and insightful things. And the first one I loved, because we're reading this passage, and finally, one of the moms goes, all right, I'll say it. Sometimes my kids feel like thorns, (laughs) which I absolutely love. Now, let's be really clear, kids in the room, or wherever you're experiencing this, this does not mean that you are a messenger of Satan, as Paul (laughs) describes. However, however, when Paul says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn. Nothing is more humbling than becoming a parent and becoming a mom, not just because of the, the, the tantrums and the tirades and the meltdowns and the grocery store and all those things, but because the immense responsibility of care, it is so humbling. And the truth is, is that we all think we're going to be a great parent of kids until we have one. And they're like, holy cow, what do I do with that? This thing here. And all of a sudden, that grocery store meltdown is yours. And you're like... I have no clue what I'm doing. Let's just, let's just, let's get, let's, let's pick up the child. Let's get out, right? Let's, let's get to the minivan, get to the minivan. How many times have we said that, right? Sometimes my child feels like a thorn. Paul goes on to describe uh, his kind of different like hardships. And moms, you just, let, let's just see if this connects with you. Verse 10, he says, that is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses. Mom, you ever feel that way? Check. Just go ahead and say check with each one. Check. All right. Insults? Check. Okay. Uh, hardships? Okay. Um, persecutions? All right. So, so that can translate as her being harassed constantly. <laughs> Anybody see that South Park clip from many years ago where mom's in bed trying to rest and the little uh, son is right beside and he's like poking her. Mom, 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 m
That's how it goes. So moms, check. Persecutions, right? Difficulties. Does this hit you right where you are? Right. So we know that this is so hard. It's such a challenge, and no one carries the burden like you. In the Moms Together conversation, it came up that God will never give us more than we can handle. And um, that conversation ensued to make the point that that is one of the most unbiblical things ever. We quote it as if it's from the Bible, but it's not from the Bible. It gets confused. It says in a different place in Corinthians that God won't give us a temptation more than we can bear. That's not this, right? And, and even this passage we've looked at that we think God won't give us more than we can handle. Wrong. God will give us exactly what we can't handle. Why? Why? Why would he give you more than you can handle because he wants to break down the triumph of the modern self. He wants to break down that individualistic, hear myself roar, I can do it all by myself. No, what is God after at the end of the day? Relationship, how does relationship grow? Through dependency, through partnership, through reliance. God wants us in the place where we're like, ah, uncle, white flag, good grief. I need you now, God, more than ever. Because that's when he gets to show off. Think about it if that message were true. God won't give you more than you can handle. What actually, what, what lands in you? And particularly, I want to just ask you moms about this. If you just receive that message and go, okay, God won't give me more than I can handle, well, that must mean that I, I got to handle this. That must mean that, that when I don't feel like I'm handling this, I must be failing. Seems like everyone else can handle this, but I can't handle this. So I must have what's called mom guilt. I'm just a mess. Everyone else seems to be doing this just fine, but I can't seem to, to overcome this. But God won't give me more than I can handle, so I must be disappointing God. Anybody feel that way? Sometimes? That's why I love um, Connie, our director of care around here. She said, you know, we need a new phrase. We need a, a new phrase other than mom guilt. Like maybe, she says, mom grace. We need mom grace. God will actually give you exactly what you can't handle because then his grace, that dynamic force, gets to show off in your life. And that's why he says to us, verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. It's sufficient. It is enough. And that word sufficient or enough means for that moment, for that particularity in time, you will have enough. But whose grace is it? Whose strength is it? It's not yours. It's his. So wave the white flag and cry out, uncle, and say, all right. And in fact... Let's be a people, and moms, this is the encouragement, moms to moms, remember, I'm just the messenger here, to actually rest in the mess, not after it's been cleaned up, to rest in the mess. Paul actually boasts about this stuff. He says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, about this whole mess thing, so that Christ's power may rest on me. But it's his power. He's gonna kind of rest on you so you can rest in the midst of the mess. How often 
all of us, how often moms is that I will rest once everything is cleaned up and tidied up and put back together and all the plastic explosion from my four-year-olds in the family room will be put up in their buckets, right? Because I can't rest until the mess is put away. I love the clapping. I, I want to know what the clapping means. What does the clapping mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, go, 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 go. Clean up your mess. Come on, let's go, let's go. How many of you hear the, 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 the how many of you hear that? Right? Love it. Thank you, thank you. Connie made this, Connie, our director of care, she made this great insight. She said, Jesus rested all the time. Did the need stop when he did? No. Those needs, all the mess around Jesus, they carried on, but somehow the God of the universe rested well and trusted that those needs would be taken care of. And, and in the vernacular of what we're talking about here today, moms, you do such an awesome job absorbing the mess of others and saying, your mess is mine. But how often can you just trust God when he says their mess, your kid's mess, <laughs> your, your husband's mess, whatever the mess might be, their mess is mine. I got this. So rest in the mess and let the power of Christ rest upon you. And then the last one is maybe the most difficult, maybe the one that goes into that, the deepest of all places, which is moms and all of us, can you let God and others into your mess? Sure, the physical mess, right? I love the video that our creative team put together. They're just amazing. Our creative team is incredible. What's the one wrong thing about the video of all the moms with the kids? The one wrong thing. The houses are way too clean. <laughs> way too clean, right? Like, you know what happens. Like, there's a camera crew from Westside coming over. Kids, let's go, let's go, you know? <laughs> Can't let people into our mess. We've got to be presentable. We live in the suburbs, for goodness sake. And we can't let them into, um, into that subterranean space either where we don't have it figured out, where we carry wounds, secrets, pain. What does it mean to let God into the, the more emotional, spiritual space, to let God into that mess, and to know that he's made you washable? He's made you washable. I, I, uh, I, that, that phrase comes from this awesome book that a Westsider, Becky Johns, has written. Uh, her husband is a friend of mine. We were talking one day. He knew nothing about the series that we're in. And, um, and he said, yeah, my wife's a children's book author. And he tells me, about it. I'm like, well, what, what's a favorite book of hers? And he says, God made me washable. And it's all about getting messy and then being made clean. I'm like, I need to get my hands on this book because we're in this series, yada, yada. And so I was put in touch with Becky and um, her story. And she, as a person, she's amazing. And I've asked if she wouldn't come out and join us, tell us a little bit about her mothering journey, and also read to us, God Made Us Washable. Please welcome Becky Johns.
Well, first of all, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Is this exactly how you thought you'd spend your Mother's Day? No. <laughs> I was looking for donuts and Chinese food, but that's okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for joining us. We want to get to the book here in just a second, but, but first, tell us about your two kids. I know you and Steve are empty nesters, but what makes them just awesome and unique? Well, first of all, they're loved tremendously, and we're very proud of them, and um, they are very strong-willed and yet incredibly different. Our daughter will run into, when she was younger, she's 27 now, uh, when she was younger, she would run into the play area at the mall with her arms open wide like everybody wanted to be her best friend, and she was so happy to be there. And our son would take his shoes off, he would observe, put them in the cubby, still watching, and he would step in quietly to watch. So um, very different personalities, same parents, same right. family. Right, isn't that amazing just how that, how that works, how yeah. divergent those, those characteristics <laughs> are. So as a mom, um, I know you, got, you all have been at Westside for close to 15, 16 years. Mm -hmm. You've been a mom for how many? 27. 27 yeah. years. So and a couple months. So when we talk about this... Yeah, yeah, because it never stops, right? Never stops, yeah. <laughs> so as we um, talk about the, the messiness of um, motherhood, yeah. what comes to mind for you? Um, you know, not the day-to-day, -day, the burning the eggs or picking up the Legos or I should have said this, I should have that. It's the feeling as a mom of I'm not enough. I could have done better. I missed an opportunity here. I should have said this. You know, like when you're in the shower and you're washing your hair and you're thinking, oh, what did I, why didn't I say that? Or why did I say that? Um, those moments to me are the messy moments of, um, of being a mom. Just constantly second guessing. Yes. Um, I, I am struck. I see this in my wife. Just, she just wakes up with just the care and the burden. And, and I somehow keep them compartmentalized. I can just go poof, poof, work. And, and, but she just carries it all mm -hmm. together. Yeah. That, that mothering heart is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as you talk about missed opportunities or should have done this, I don't know if we've connected the dots for you yet, but um, it was Jay, Becky's son, who got baptized in the story that I just told. They're the ones that were swimming yeah. in the pond. Yeah. So, God is scripting this together far he, beyond our ability. He does it better um, than we do. So what, as, you know, that's Jace's story to tell beyond, and I'm so grateful he gave us permission to yes. share what we did. Yeah. But for you, the mothering journey of that baptism moment. Well, his sister got baptized when she was about 10, so that put him about six, seven years old at the time. And um, growing up, I always felt like he... Like, as a mom, like, I maybe pushed him too much or things like that. Like, every time at church when they had a baptism, I'd be like, it's your time. <laughs> and, you know, he's like, no. And, um, you know, did I push him? Did I not push him enough? Or, you know, is it one of those things? And finally, you know, I had to surrender to God. You know, you've got this. You love him more than I do. I know you have a plan for him. And. And he had a bigger plan than yes. we ever imagined, so it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's the part just to mark yeah. here. You had shared with me that when he was younger, you thought maybe there was a, a, a window that was open that, mm -hmm. that you missed. Yeah. Uh, what just happened out there uh, three, four weeks ago? That was the window. That was the window. You know, and that was God in his time. Yes. And with Jason, his way. Yes. 
And so yeah. trusting yeah. that. It was him stepping in alone by himself instead of, you know, running out yeah. with lots of people. In his way. In his That's way. That's right. Yes. That's right. And just with those that he loves and that he trusts. So exactly. beautiful. Now, uh, this book, which is so phenomenal, uh, you were a preschool teacher for mm -hmm. many years. Tell yes. us how this came about. Well, as a preschool teacher and as a mom, you know, you wipe a lot of things. You wipe tables and noses and bottoms and fingers and just everything. And we would finger paint with chocolate pudding in class. And so we would have some kids who would just dive in and was, was just all over the finger painting. And then other kids were like, I don't want to get dirty. I don't want to get messy. And so it just became known in the classroom that God made us washable. It's okay. We're going to wash our hands. We're going to do this. And and then one day, we're washing hands, and I'm like, look, God made us washable. And then it just, like, dawned on me, hey, he made us washable on the inside, too. So it, that's where the book came from. It just kind of evolved from, from there. Yeah. Now, I know that you got paired up miraculously with, with a gal... Emily that became mm -hmm. like a lead designer with DreamWorks or something like yes, that, right? Yes, she, she works for DreamWorks. Yeah. Man. And you, you're working on another project today with Darcy, with Darcy. one of our drummers. Yes, so here at Westside. Yeah. Here at Westside, so that's amazing. Yeah. But it's been really fun to hear about how this has impacted more than just three- and four-year-olds. Mm -hmm. um, this is impacting adults, whether it's a Celebrate Recovery group at yes. another church here in town. They're yeah. just eating it up but also a correctional facility in Oklahoma? Yeah, my daughter was in um, doing her master's program to be a counselor, to be a therapist, and she met up with a lady there whose daughter happens to be in a correctional facility in Oklahoma, and she bought the book for her daughter, and her daughter liked the book, and she invited friends, you know, and they had a little group, and they read the book together, and they enjoyed it, and... Um, really embrace the meaning of being washable, you know, the mistakes they've made and things like that. And and then um, I got connected again, reached out, and they wanted more books. And so I sent them more books and a few extras to share. And I found out later that those ladies gave the extra books to their kids because they didn't have money to buy gifts for themselves, for their children. So it passed on not only to the women themselves, but to to their children, you know, and so it's just a pay it forward to everyone learning and knowing that they're washable and they're loved, they're loved tremendously mm. by God, so. Well, thank you for just having the inspiration, saying yes to what God was nudging you to do, not knowing where it would go. You thought it'd be for three and four year olds. Yes, it still is. It still is. And uh, by the way, we can go to godmademewashable.com, right, uh -huh. if we're, yeah. we're interested. But I love that he had a much bigger vision, as he always does, for yeah. how this would yeah. um, meet people where they are. Yeah. Well, and you pray the prayer of Jabez, you know, expand my territories. Yeah. And I never would have thought right. that this would, ex would go that far. So it's, it's big. Well, I, I would love to have you read it over us and um, summon your kindergarten preschool <laughs> voice, if you would. And I want to just say and encourage all of us, uh, let's receive this. Um, not as this would be great for my niece or nephew or son or daughter, but um, this is for me. And could we receive maybe what God might want to say to us through uh, a children's book? And can we just become like a little preschool room here and wherever you are online? Um, can we just kind of lean in? And in fact, um, let's not miss a moment. So 
as a way of saying, I, I'm just available however you wanna speak to me, let's just take our, our hands and place them open, palmed, just on our lap, super natural and subtle, and just say, God, wherever I am, male or female, I wanna, I wanna hear from you that you made me washable. So with that. There you go, God made me washable. I'm, I'm so glad that God made me washable because sometimes when I paint at school, I get messy. And sometimes when I play in the rain, I get messy. And sometimes when I eat ice cream, I get messy. And when I help mom in the kitchen, I get even messier. When I help grandma plant flowers in the garden, guess what? I get really messy. And even when I try really hard to stay clean, I still get messy. I am, so, it's a good thing that God made me washable. That's my finger. But then there are times when I get messy on the inside. And no matter how much I scrub and scrub and scrub, I can't get the inside clean. But God can. Like when I disobey my parents and don't go to bed when I'm told. I get messy. And when I'm selfish and I don't share with my little brother, I get messy. And when I take things that don't belong to me, I get messy. And that's why I'm so glad that God loves me. Because no matter what I do, God will forgive me. And he will always wash my messiness away. I'm so glad that God made me washable. I bet he made you that way too. Let's just pray. Let's just pray into that moment. Yeah. So Father, we, um, we just want to receive that. Through the mouth of babes comes such a, a deep and important truth for us that you made us washable. We can't scrub ourselves clean, only you did that at the cross. We can't raise ourselves to new and better life, you did that when you abandoned the grave. You made us washable in your grace. So we just pray for the grace upon grace, just to cascade and flood our hearts from heaven. And all the places where we think that might be washable, but not this. They might be more washable, but not me. God, would just you flood us from heaven with the message and truth that even this, even that, even me, you made us washable. In Jesus' name, amen.